you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 144. Well, hi guys. How are you doing today? Today, we are going to be going into part two of the conversation with Seth and Sarah. We're going to talk more about their third baby that is here and they weren't exactly on the same parenting page when it came to having a third baby. Uh, we go into male privilege and vulnerability and how Seth ended up stepping up to the plate and cooking dinner on weeknights. What? Is that not all of our dream? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Raised his hand to do that. Um, so we're going to go into a lot of different topics. And then at the end of the episode, you'll hear me coaching them on a situation, a current situation where there was some badgering and they sort of were about to shoot themselves when they were looking at Christmas lights as a family because there just like wasn't even a minute to think or breathe because it was just incessant chatter and badgering and questioning. And they just, it was not an enjoyable experience. And we talked about how we're going to set that up, for, use that as a moment to plan for the future so that doesn't happen again. And what the boundaries and consequences and conversation ahead of time would look like. So I think you guys are going to get a lot out of that piece too. So enjoy. When I was coaching you guys on, and very quickly we realized that your child that you were so worried about was really just holding up a mirror, you know, to Sarah to say, Hey, overachiever mom who's done everything in your life all alone, knock it off. Guess what? You're part of a family unit now. You don't have to shoulder all this. And you have this amazing, you know, husband, partner, co-parent who is like, he's a good guy. He's willing to step up to the plate for you, like allow it and ask to get your needs met. So when you, Seth, when you first rate, you were like, well, I was like, what do you, what, how late do you work, Seth? And you were like 530. I was like, well, you know, I don't even know how I said it, but you were like, I could make dinner during, I could do that. I could do it. But you said it and there was a little bit of an edge in your voice. Right. Okay. And I, and so after you were, we were going through the logistics on how it would look and how you would, and you were like, well, okay, but if I do it, I, I want to be able to listen to whatever I want to listen to, like a, you know, a podcast or NPR or something. And I don't want to be made to feel guilty about that. Sarah was like, okay. And then you were like, and then you, and then there was still a little edge in your voice. And I said, what's, what's really still the hang up? 
And it was that Sarah's an amazing cook and you were worried that you were going to get criticized by doing it differently than her. Or maybe if some of the things you made didn't come out, am I this right? Yeah. I mean, she's a perfectionist, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, I hold myself to the standard that she holds herself to because I'm a perfectionist, but I'm okay with certain things. I'm okay slacking in certain areas. Um, and she's not so. Yeah. But what I would say is you seemed like you were sort of like raising yeah, I mean, your hand to help a little bit begrudgingly. Well, I, but I, 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 just, I, I want to tie it back to, I want to tie it back yeah. to the dudes who are watching sports center, making a cocktail and seem like total, like douchey, lazy asses. Okay. You were sort of seemed like you were raising your hand begrudgingly, but when we dug deeper, it was really that if you're going to go and do this creative endeavor, which is cooking for your family, trying a recipe and not being sure if it's going to be good or not, or being or learning how to be the main cook for the family many nights of the week, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable when somebody, you know, if you're an artist and you're you're making a commissioned art piece for someone, or if you're making dinner for your family. Mm-hmm vulnerable to do something creative or if you're writing an article for your newsletter you know like it's vulnerable to do something creative and know that somebody might criticize you and especially somebody that you care about and somebody that you respect and look up to and you you know they do that thing that you're trying to do really well like that can feel super vulnerable right yeah i think i think that's right if 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 you can you know, and you helped facilitate that conversation to sort of figure out, okay, what else do you need? And I think it's a question of, okay, I need help. How can you help me? What is that you need in order to help me? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, I think, what you're um, tying this to, too, is parenting. Because even more so than cooking, parenting, you feel like you're failing at it all the time, especially when you're trying something new and there's phases, ups and downs anyway with how your kid is changing. So you have to keep adapting. And so you just feel constantly like you're not doing it right. Right. Like you're so, not doing it right. And it matters so much. And, yeah. and my the bottom line is, is it's vulnerable. Yeah. Like, like just like when life had just gotten to a place where it was smooth sailing and now all of a sudden we're going to go into some uncertainty, like having a new baby. Like what if, you know, Sarah's not as, as involved as she's been able to do with the last two babies, you know, like all of that feels very uncertain and very vulnerable. And I guess my point is, is that, you know, we're, when we're willing to admit that we're just all vulnerable humans, like, and we don't have all the answers. And you know what? It's true. You might make some meals that are terrible. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you have that emotional safety from your partner, because really all it took was we were having this conversation. It's a non-relevant time because it was before, you know, we, it wasn't in the middle of y'all needing to make dinner for your family. It was like at night we were planning for the future. So it's a non-relevant time. And we get to the heart of the fact of like, it's, it's vulnerable. What if you make a meal and it's terrible and you get criticized? And so we came up with some ground rules and, um, and the ground rules were when you're cooking and it's a creative, like 
Like you need to have that space where you get to listen to whatever you want. You have a sense of freedom. You're unwinding from the day. Sarah's doing, Sarah's taking the kids outside, the puppy outside, doing that part of it. You're going to, you know, you're providing, you're, you're doing the cooking. And then regardless of how it turns out, like nobody's, you know, nobody's going to sit there criticizing your cooking. Like Sarah's just going to be saying, thank you so much for cooking. And sometimes the the meal might land and sometimes it might not. And that's okay. And we're very clear on what the ground rules are here. Right. Yeah. And I think, right. I mean, the same could be applied to dads jumping in to help out in parenting of show me a little bit, a little bit of grace. I'm new at this. going to try. Sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't. Um, well, and, and if you think about, if you think about like the dad who's making a cocktail and watching sports center and, God bless, God bless and, him. you know, and, 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 and male privilege has been on the scene and, and he's been conditioned with parenting as women's work, but deep down, <clears throat> he maybe didn't have the relationship with his dad. He always craved. And deep down as a human, he's always dreamed of having, being best friends with his kids and being the dad, the hero that his boys looked up to or his daughter, you know, felt protected by. And, and so deep down, he wants that more than anything. But because he was conditioned with old school parenting, all he knows to do is that when his kids are having an annoying moment, as kids tend to do, um, whining, having a fit about something stupid, like just being a little human who's living in their emotional brain as they tend to do. And he jumps in to help out with the parenting. He jumps into that old school. So he starts shaming and blaming and yelling and berating and saying things like, you must respect your mother. And then, you know, so he's trying to be helpful. And his and his wife says, don't do it like that. Stop. Why are you being so mean? And then she starts attacking him when he yeah. was trying to be helpful, but he doesn't know what else to do. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think that if, if, if you're a dad going to the old ways or not helping at all, I think that there's got to be a lot of regret there and disconnection from your spouse. And I think that there's a lot more connection. Shit. Even if I'm doing it wrong, at least I'm trying. Right. I, I maybe get mm-hmm. some points for trying or at least, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even, even just listening to the podcast, I think I've gotten some points for binging them. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, the, the mastermind podcast. Um, so yeah, I think that ultimately just trying and not faking it and just making an effort goes a long way. A hundred percent. And that, and you know what I, cause I have, I have especially, I mean, I have women all the time who's every once in a while I'll have a dad whose wife is not bought in yet. But most of the time it's moms who are, their main issue that they have is, okay, they're trying to grow their sea legs. They're trying to learn new tools. It's not the way they were raised either or conditioned with. And we have the issue on top of it that women are not conditioned with leadership skills. They're, they're, they're conditioned with really poor communication skills, like asking, like people pleasing and doing things for everyone else and not, and ignoring what they really want to do. And then all of a sudden they're placed in a position where they're expected to be a leader. And so, all, so these women are learning so much and just growing their sea legs. And then they have a resistant partner who's sitting there saying, this stuff is stupid. 
It doesn't even work. And, um, and so now it's like an added obstacle. Well, yeah, it won't work if, if you're only get if you're getting resistance from one of the parents and, and to the kids, right. To a leader, right. I mean, one of the parents, both parents are leaders of the family and they're going to be looked up to by the kids as role models. And if you have one parent who's poo-pooing something and the other parent really trying, it's counterproductive. It is very, it takes a lot longer. It's hard for the mom because you already have to fail at it over and over again. Right. Then you start questioning yourself and it makes it very, well, it's, it's again, it's vulnerable. It's like, mm-hmm. you're just, it's like Seth learning to cook. It's vulnerable and he's learning a new skill. And he's like, can I just have some emotional safety? You know, he didn't say it like this, but this is really it. And I have some safety that if I make a meal that totally sucks, you're not going to freaking, you know, like ream me for it or make me feel even stupider. You know, like, like, can we just like, can we have some kind of an agreement, like how we're going to handle those nights? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Last night she was very polite about it. <laughs> I've had lots yeah I've had lots of nights myself yeah the first and other nights when I'm complimenting him um because his meals really have been amazing I've been struck at how I must maybe I don't compliment him more or it's hard for him to receive a compliment but he's always just like so shocked and surprised and unbelieving that you know I'm think it's an amazing meal no i don't take praise great and I, i'll work on that <laughs> i don't either it's part you know it's part of the again it's interesting where this podcast is going to because it's the vulnerability piece i think it can feel if you've a person who's who have who's protected yourself with a decent amount of armor and um and for many of us that armor comes in the form of skepticism cynicism um perfectionism lots of isms and um, because it's like, like uh, it, it, it can feel too vulnerable just to like receive. Yeah. Just- one, one thing that you said to me recently in a Voxer and a private Voxer was about Brene Brown said that there are people who kind of sit in, in the, in the cheap seats up Yeah, um, and, and it's, it's easy to criticize or to feel removed or laugh at those who are doing the hard work in, you know, on the floor of the arena. And it's totally true. It's, it's definitely easier um, to be cynical than to be empathic and also someone who is trying to be that person on the floor. Right. It was like that guy that, that, that Scott talked to recently, it's easier for him to act like he has it all figured out than to admit that he doesn't. You know, who wants to admit, you know, and, and Scott had told me this guy, he goes, actually, I know his dad is like, like his dad, who he loves like crazy, um, is actually dying right now um, and maybe battling cancer or something. So the guy's going through a really vulnerable time in his life. And I mean, I think that that's the thing that many of us don't know how to lean into, especially those of us who have armored up to protect ourselves is learning something new, being a beginner at something, being willing to suck at cooking or parenting or whatever it is, or negotiating or lawyering, you know, or I talked to a handful of pediatricians recently who were talking about the um, terrible advice they gave parents before they became parents, these pediatricians. And they were like laughing about some of the, like the cringeworthy things they said to parents before they actually became a parent. Like, yeah. 
like admitting any of those things is very vulnerable. And um, because you're opening yourself up to admit that you don't have all the answers. And because we've all been hurt at some point in our lives by other people in the cheap seats, you know, it can be so easy just to join those other people in the cheap seats than to put ourselves down in the arena where we're going to be possibly inviting that kind of pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, okay. Well, I want to just, in terms of wrapping up, these last couple of days uh, or last couple of weeks when it has been hard as we're adjusting to this family is changing. We just got to this whole smooth sailing kind of place. And I didn't, and it's almost like you go on a vacation and like it takes you till day four to settle in. And then you're leaving by day seven. And it's like, I thought I was getting a week of vacation, but I really only got three days. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like that Seth a little bit? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, really, truly. I mean, I was just starting to, it's weird to say nine months into a pandemic, but, (laughs) but I was really in the past, like two months, really starting to embrace and be pretty happy with where things are and where things are going. Like understanding that, of course, you know, like we got to a sweet spot and now like, you know, and I wanted more of it and I wanted to just like relax and smell the roses a little bit. Yeah. And and now, you know, okay, and now we're in a new season and also understanding like I need a little time to adjust. This does feel like a hard season. I am worried about the future. I am worried about some things. Um and it's sort of like um um there's a there's a, a, psych, a psychiatrist, Dr. Dan Siegel actually turns out if anybody's watched any of the latest Chelsea Handler stuff, um, she talks about her psychiatrist that she, that made her like have this whole evolution. Um, she saw this famous child psychiatrist, Dr. Dan Siegel. Oh, I've heard her talk about um, how her psychiatrist changed her life. Yeah. It's Dan Siegel. He's like, uh, he's like amazing. And um, anyway, he says, I've heard, I think he coined this term. You got to name it to tame it. So just naming gosh, Sarah's tired. She's not feeling the best. She doesn't have the same patience level that she's had. I have to step up to the plate now. I'm having to like dig in and, you know, do some of this learning and this work. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, it's, it, it does feel a little bit like a hard or stressful season of life. Like just naming those emotions a lot of times diffuses it. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) but I do want it because I'm an optimist. I do have to leave you with this. The fact that you got your family to such a smooth sailing and enjoyable place and neither of you were indoctrinated in mastermind in the first years of their lives. Can we just look at what's it going to be like to have this new baby come into this family with two parents who have truly done the heavy lifting and learn these amazing tools for, you know, raising children with empathy and with structure and with leadership and, you know, as much as possible with, you know, without, without those pieces that make your home lack emotional safety. I don't want to say that like, if you yell at your kids um, once in a blue moon, that, that's the worst thing in the world. I think we all have to have space for 
being humans Mm -hmm. and that some days we're going to be short on patience and we're going to lose our tempers or whatever. But for the most part, being a family who is raising kids in a truly emotionally and safe environment and y'all are doing it together from the get go. Right. Like, like what is it going to be like to watch this baby grow and all be kind of aware that this is happening when it's happening? Can you, can you see that at all? Yeah. I mean, I, I truly like, I think that it's, it's, it's good that I'm moving forward um, on the mastermind program because I, I think that again, not only will I learn the tools, but I think it it will only strengthen Sarah's and my relationship and make us happier Mm -hmm. as we go through Mm -hmm. the mud piles or the mud swimming or whatever it is. I mean, truly, I think, I think that it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get traction and we'll also respect each other. Right. She won't be upset with me for not trying mastermind for, and, and, and she'll be, I think happier and, Mm -hmm. and I'll be, happier and won't um, sit with regret at night or in the shower when I'm like, shit, I, I should have done that differently. Or I wish I had known uh, of that tool or I just feel really disconnected from my family and there's chaos and I just want out. Right. I'm not going to have that. Uh, When you can feel When you feel like you drive into your garage and it truly is like your sanctuary at the end of a long day, you know, or you go into the weekend. I mean, and it's hard to do this when you've got little kids because, you know, little kids, it's exhausting. It just is. (laughs) It's exhausting. But like when you get to that stage, just past the little kids stage where the weekends are truly like when you're not working, your family time. Um, and, and there is peace in your home, not every, not 24 seven, but like, like your home is your happy place where you get to be a hermit. And so it's like, um, like you don't ever wish that somebody else's family was your family. Yeah. There's no comparative despair. It's like this, this family is far from perfect and it's perfect for me. It's my perfect, like that is what I want for every single human because I think that is a life without having real regrets. Yeah. And I think we're getting there. Yeah. That's what I told you. That's what we're working towards. That's the goal. That's the big goal. Yeah. I, I just, I definitely want to avoid ever feeling totally disconnected from mm-hmm. Sarah or from my kids and also sitting with that regret at the end of the night or in the beginning of a morning of how I could have done it differently or regretting that I never uh, engaged fully. Mm-hmm. And then they're, you know, 20 and out of the house. And I don't really ever, right. I didn't really ever know them. And I didn't really ever try. That would be a really shitty feeling. I don't think I realized how often Seth was doing that at the end of the night. I would always talk about when I've had a bad day and that I was, you know, processing it at the end of the day, but I don't, I think he has always done that a lot and doesn't talk about it. You know, I think that's the other side. Like, I think so often we're talking about male privilege, like, you know, just, you know, not, not worrying. You can go for a walk if you want to at night because you're not sitting there thinking, Oh, I might get raped. 
You know, I live in a safe neighborhood. Like I said, that's my dad recently. I'm like, if you wanted to go for a walk at night, has it ever been on your radar that you can't go for a walk alone because you might get raped? No. Right. And he was like, no, I was like, exactly. Like as a woman, you don't know how to feel like we don't know how to, I mean, Sarah, don't you agree? Mm -hmm. Like, totally. Like, like if I see a woman out walking at night, Mm -hmm. I get actually mad. Like, I'm like, what are you thinking? You could get raped. You know, like. I used to you know, want to start running um, in the evenings and it's just part of your process. Well, if it gets dark too late, then I can't. If I don't have a dog, then I can't. No, it just like a, it is automatic. Yeah. It's right. Like we, like that. But I think the thing that we don't think about, cause I think we're all, we, we know that that's on the scene, but when you're male, you, what the other part of being male is that um, if you admit your vulnerabilities um, it's like part of our culture where if you admit your vulnerabilities, that's seen as a sign of weakness mm-hmm. and um, and and sort of feminine. I don't know if y'all disagree with me, but it seems like it's almost like 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 it's like a it's like you're being you know the p word if you like right. talk about things that are you know like really bothering you or talking about feelings. Yeah, you know? yeah, and really, I think it it should. I mean, in an ideal world, it'd be met with the attitude of, oh, you're curious about this or you want to learn more about that instead of complaining or venting about, you know, your feelings. It's, it's, I think for me, at least it's kind of just been like, as it relates to parenting, a journey of learning more, which is why I'm on the C of the basics and heading into the E. I mean, right. The, the communication, part of it is like communicating to yourself, but also communicating to others. And, you know, I think that this, this part about being male and it not feeling safe to be vulnerable or to admit that you actually have feelings, um, you know, I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some, um, I love like, like some podcasts and, and movies and different mediums that are, I think, helping to, to, to stretch that and to kind of expand our awareness on that. Like I'm thinking right now about um, Dax Shepard's podcast. Um, yeah, it's called Armchair Expert and they're long podcasts. They're like hour and a half long episodes. So it's like something you'd listen to on and off all day. But he talks, I mean, I think why people love his podcast so much is because he's really kind of pushing that paradigm and he talks about it all. Like it's all vulnerable and it's all real talk. And he's a dude, you know, who likes motorcycles. But I don't think men know about how to identify via words what they're feeling, probably until they're a parent when they have to tell their kids, okay, this is the words you need to use for these feelings. I think like it's, it's ignored from age yes. like 10 through 30 something or 20 something until you're a parent. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you do need to use your words. You do need to identify how you feel and talk about it. Um, I don't do a good job of it, but but I know in theory how to identify. But you'll, get, but, you'll, but you'll get better at it because that's what this journey has been. Is This is what – I mean, this is where mastermind parenting is sort of sneaky in that it's really – you know, I, I heard Eckhart Tolle say this one time that like if you're a parent and you have a whining or tantruming child – and you actually are able to manage yourself and not 
meet them in their same energy field, having a temper tantrum too, or whining, which adult whining is really yelling. Um, if you're able to hold it together and control yourself, he said, that's the ultimate meditation. Because to be able, like, like as humans, we're wired to co-regulate with each other. So when, you know, this little tiny human comes to you with all those button pushing behaviors, you know, your natural go-to is going to be to meet them in that same energy field, you know, and to be exactly yeah. like that. And so when you're able to not, like that is huge. He was like that, like you don't need to do any extra meditating besides that. Like you've already put your meditation in for the day when you've been able to do that. And so like, I think that this process, this journey, it very quickly turns into reparenting yourself in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because, you know, look, the the old paradigm it's sort of like, like I said this to somebody recently, I was like, it's sort of like if you ever go and shop somewhere like Hobby Lobby, um, which I try not to shop at Hobby Lobby because they don't share my values, but mm-hmm. every once in a while it's like around the corner and I need like a craft for a school project. So I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby. And I look around the store and there's like so much good shit all in one store. But then I get to the checkout line. And it's like the most antiquated system. So the poor cashiers, it's like a mile long, the checkout line and the poor cashiers are having to deal with like the system from 1987. And I'm, I'm pissed by the time I leave Hobby Lobby because like, it's just, no, there's a better way to do it. Hobby Lobby. Why don't you update your systems and your poor cashiers? And we all hate them now, but it's not their fault. And they're probably making like 10 bucks an hour if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. So it's like a whole thing that's going on. I think that's how parenting is. It's like the parenting paradigm has been based off of a 1950s factory worker model yeah, where people were raising kids to go and get a job and punch a time clock. And like, that's not the world we live in anymore. So anybody who gets to where you guys are, like you are a trailblazer, but it is an outdated system that we were all conditioned with. So we have to put the work in to sort of recondition ourselves while we're raising our kids differently. Yeah. It's, it's layered, you know, it's layered. So, um, okay. Well, do you guys tell ask? let me just leave you with this. Are you, even though we see, we didn't talk about the specifics of what has gone on in the last few weeks and why it was so hard or what you should have done instead. Do you feel like you're in a better headspace to deal with those hiccups as they continue to come up because they will? Do we feel like we're in a better headspace or do you have any final questions for me? I do. And even, even coming, Oh, I feel better about my headspace and even coming into the call knowing, you know, I kind of, brain dumped internally and was thinking a lot about what had been going on. And it would just became clear that it was about my not being as present and patient. And he was reflecting that right back on me. And, um, and so this has helped clarify that even more. And, and I almost don't feel like I need specific coaching on that moment because it was just, it's about the bigger, uh, picture with and can we can we have those? Can I also put this in, especially since you touched on the perfectionism thing? And I know this from all my moms who are perfectionists, which is a lot. 
Okay. Cause <laughs> I do, I do attract like overachiever, awesome people who have done a lot of big things in their life. And, um, and what I'll say is, is can we also like, like have some, hold some space for the fact that of course you have less patience right now. You're growing a fucking human, yeah. right? Like, and you have a life and two careers to manage in a household and children and your body is adjusting mm-hmm. to growing a new human. So like, and you know, as a doctor, like what's going on with all your hormone levels and how much the baby is taking from you. So like, can we also understand that? Yes. Like at the end of the day, sometimes you're going to be like, like snippy and snarky and snappy and like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And like you said, not all of the human experience is positive. Something like a large percentage is going yeah. through negative emotion and that's okay. And I always have to remind myself of that because I guess the perfectionism, you know, you want it to always be happy. And this is a really happy time, but in the moment, it just, <laughs> the first trimester doesn't feel that way at all. Oh. And so letting go of that expectation and just getting through this short period of time helps me yes keep things in perspective yes i agree i agree and what about you seth are you good you got any final questions uh no i'm i'm sure i'll send you questions on voxer regarding (laughs) the e component later well we already went to and you know what it was good because you got a little taste of it this week where for anybody listening what seth keeps referring to is during our basics boot camp program, when you're first learning the foundations of mastermind parenting, I teach you what we call the nice wings to solve any problem. And, um, and so when you get to the E, it's all about enforced consequences. And, um, and most people don't know how to enforce consequences in the way that they're actual consequences. They do it in a way that consequences are punishments, mm-hmm. but we got there we got there, we were talking about the consequences of what happens when you've got a kid that is refusing, you know, I think like badgering you about something or you have to take something away or what are you, what are you going to say? Well, I mean, it was, uh, for us, it was, we went, um, to river Oaks to look at Christmas lights Mm -hmm. and it was just nonstop. Like, Hey, um, look at that house. That, that house is cool, right? Look at that. That's cool, right? And it was like, it was attention-seeking and badgering and asking about, like, weather and time and just everything, just nonstop, like, for an hour and a half, nonstop. So what would you do? What, so taking this, you know, I say it's always an opportunity to learn from it so yeah. that you can, you can, you know, going forward in the future, you're going to have many more seasons where you guys drive around and look at Christmas lights. That's been a Rubenstein tradition for every year. Okay. So knowing that next time you guys go to drive around and look at Christmas lights, what will you do differently? I will probably speed up and hit a mailbox. <laughs> for real. What would um, you do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's boundaries, right? Um, I, I don't think I'm there yet, but I think what I'll probably do is, is lead with like an empathic statement. Like, Yes, it's very exciting to be out here looking at these lights and staying up late. It's a real treat. You know, mom and dad are getting overwhelmed with all of the questions and the lights and the music. So we're going to have 
uh, a quiet car for X amount of time. You know, I'll, I'll set a timer. And after the timer goes off, we can talk again. But we need we're hitting our yellow zone and we need just to chill out. And let me say this before. Remember how we were talking about the non-relevant time? Before you go to talk. Oh, to, right. So, <laughs> right. Let me just say this. Before you even get in the car, y'all are talking about which night you're going to go do. The right. Party. From here on out, which is going to be many years because you're just going to be having a brand new baby. So we've got like at least 18 more years. Yeah, we're, we're hitting the reset button. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we've got at least 18 more years. Every time before you get into that car, it's, hey, guys, here's the Christmas light car rules. Okay. You're looking with your eyes. You can ooh, you can ah, and... Any time you start to badger someone else with questions and insist that they look at the thing that you're looking at, that is actually not respecting their space. So you're going to get one warning. We're just going to put one finger up like this. If it happens again and you don't respect that warning, an angel will die. Right. The car will be going home and Christmas looking is done for the night. There will be no more conversation about it. It's just over. The car will be turning around. We need everyone on the team following the rules and respecting the space of every other member on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Done. You know what? Because that's what bad- badgering behavior, and I, I think it's important to connect it back to your kids too. You know, we all know that we talk about bullying and bullying's not okay. And I think it's important to tell our kids when you badger and badger and badger, you're being a space invader and that is actually a form of bullying. And just like this family has a no bullying policy for when it comes to you and anybody, you know, treating you in a disrespectful way at school, it also goes for our home and it also goes for the adults and the kids. So anytime someone is being a space invader to someone else and, and, and being disrespectful that somebody needs to just like not have conversation, not be asked questions, not be followed and, you know, and badgered or begging. Like that is a form of bullying and we have a no tolerance policy for that. Got it? Everybody in agreement, shake hands, here's the deal. And then you just reinforce that as much as possible. We'll have that conversation after this uh, visit. Yes, perfect. Um, Okay, guys, so much fun and um, go enjoy the rest of this gorgeous day. Hey, podcast listeners, I wanted to tell you about our VIP basics boot camp program. And what this is, is it's a uniquely tailored parenting playbook and it's our ultimate VIP white glove one-on-one experience. This is something new that we just created last summer. We've taken through now about 10 families and they are getting huge results. It consists of the Mastermind Parenting Dream Team, which is me, Lindsay, our membership manager and our content librarian. She knows where all the resources are on every training you could possibly want. And then Amanda, who works as a mastermind mentor and also happens to be a very seasoned pediatric occupational therapist. And we work together to coach and guide you through a personalized roadmap specific to your family's journey. Of course, the goal is to reach our most challenging kids 
And we also want to help you become a connected family that truly gets along because I believe every human deserves that. So what will you get? Well, what about starting to take vacations instead of just trips, right? Like it's hard to take a vacation with a strong-willed child who's constantly moody and throwing temper tantrums. Um, We start by getting your child out of what we call defense zone, right? Because you're really only as happy as your unhappiest child. So we help you get your child out of that place of defensiveness, acting like a dictator where everyone walks on eggshells. And we put you through this 12-week experience where we nurture you, you we get you out of overwhelm. It is a luxe VIP experience and we're very focused on supporting you, making it easy. There's no uh, website that you have to go log into. We sort of hand feed you all the resources you need. We give you tons of coaching and support. We also help you and your co-parent get on the same parenting page and many people have described that as better than marriage counseling. So you're interested in learning about the VIP ultimate experience, you can go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash VIP access. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash VIP access. There's a video of me telling you more details about it. And there's lots that you can read about it and you can sign up right there from the page. So That's what I encourage you to do if you know that 2021 is your year, your year to become a family that truly, truly gets along and is thriving. Love to see you on the inside.